Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Um, Most of the times I worked him, he was not doubled. Most of the times I didn't work him, he was. So I guess they didn't double him just enough to uh, to give us the opportunities to, to give him the ball. But um, they were pretty intentional about putting a safety over the top of where he was lining up and uh, we had to get creative with the routes he would run and, and um, how we could still get in the football. I, he does, I'm not feeling the excitement there. I'm not, fe- I'm not feeling it enough from our the mask. Kirky, Kirky McClutcher. It might be the mask now. I don't know. I feel like I can kind of, I can wear the mask. Wow. I can see and feel through that mask okay. and right, I just enough. don't feel like, Maybe he's just annoyed by reporters asking him, you know, similar lines of questioning about why are you throwing it to Conklin so much? Like, oh, now you're throwing it to Jefferson. Why is that? And he's probably like, God, I don't want to have to sit here and explain myself to you. But I wonder if he's annoyed by the reporters questions or by the coaching staff. I feel well, like well, okay. We'll we'll get into all of this. I feel like he takes cause... a lot. I feel like he's like ah, Kirk. Ah, Kirk finally turned her loose, and he's like, okay. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll get into all of this mm-hmm. here. Uh, there was some interesting, I guess, some interesting posturing by the Vikings after the game in terms of who deserves credit and maybe who was at fault for not doing this beforehand. But this is Purple Daily. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment presented by Surly Brewing Company. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Before we die, they took a step in the right direction with a win over the Chargers yesterday. If you missed Vikings Ventline, be sure to check that out. It was it was like 90 minutes of just, if only temporary, glorious celebration of Justin Jefferson being targeted an ample number of times for the masses. And if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, specifically on a TCL TV, thank you. Because TCL, in addition to being a partner of ours, they are one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. A new lineup of award-winning TVs with the most entertainment, stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. And every like single that. Monday, like we either give you our pie chart of blame, which has been the majority of games so far this season, or we give you the pie chart of praise. Now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. Yeah. You should be singing his praises. That's right. The pie chart of praise. Write this down. Is back for the first time in like a month. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw it to Chef Judd Zolgad. Oh, all right. Let's see here. I have cooked up a pie that has four, four parts. So a very fair pie. Everybody gets an ample slice. Or do they? 
All right. <laughs> Starting at the bottom and working my way up. A 10% piece of pie. Just like just like us here oh, at Scorn yeah, Just like a gentleman Purple does. Daily. Very yeah. small. Just a nice Thanksgiving um, time slice goes to our guy, Zim. Mm-hmm. I have doubts. I can't figure out how much actually Mike decided that things should change and how, how much was him being yelled at and told by people, you have to start to adapt. And you know what? Justin Jefferson is really good. So I'm not going to, to give him a big piece, but I'm going to give him 10% because it's his team and the play calling finally made sense. So he needs something. But I don't feel like it's a big slice because I don't because I don't I don't know if he gets here without some prodding here. And then like he he the whole thing that the quote about, you know, I called Justin in and said, you're going to get the ball more, but I need you to do more. Can we play that quick? Dex? I, I, do we have that one? Come on. Real quick yeah. before yeah, Dex- he shouldn't be telling that to the media. But I did talk to Justin this week and I told him we we're going to get him the ball. I said, you got to do something for me, and that's come out here and practice real hard and, and do the things you're supposed to do and study and be precise in your routes, and we're going to get you the ball. What is yeah. this? Something for me, I'll do something what for you. What is this, third you grade? hard. <laughs> like, you do your homework and you'll get a treat. Hey, come on, man. This guy's one of the best players. He, he is one of the top, I think, ten, if not five, wide receivers in this entire league. Uh, I hope he said, Mike. This isn't a me problem. Don't talk to me about practice. We're talking about practice. You need to get me the ball. So 10%, Mike Zimmer. 25% to, to a guy who I saw the PFF defensive grades, and Dex pointed this out, and it's incredible, and I don't, I don't know how they, they got here. Eric Kendricks, okay? He led the team with eight tackles. He had a sack. He had a pick that was absolutely gorgeous that uh, eventually set up a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe what... What was his PFF grade, Dex? Like 45. He was the lowest graded was, player on defense yesterday. I he was the third lowest graded player on the Vikings. De- he was the lowest graded starter on the Vikings defense yesterday. I don't get that one at all. Like, that confuses me. But from the eye test, what I saw was a really good game. So They said he was really bad in the run game. He only missed one tackle, but they I, I'm guessing they saw him maybe missing some okay. gaps or something okay. well, that don't show up. In the box score, I am going to to um, contradict them and give Kendricks a twenty five percent piece of pie because I thought that, that he made a difference. He set the tone defensively, um, and that pick alone was gorgeous. So twenty five percent Eric Kendricks, twenty five percent Kirk Cousins. He gets a nice piece because you know what? He's got to make those passes. He has to, and he did. And, and I don't know if if he was told, you know. Quit being so damn frugal and don't look for Conklin and Dalvin for checkdowns. I don't know if he said, what are we doing here? I have no idea what happened behind closed doors in Egan. What I do know is that in Inglewood, California on Sunday, Kirk Cousins made some damn nice throws, throws that Justin Jefferson can catch, and it always comes back to what we've said. I don't believe that Kirk Cousins is is a quarterback who is heady. I don't think that he's great at making decisions quickly, but I think when he is told what to do, he has the God-given arm talent to do it. And in this case, he did. 25% Kirk Cousins. That leaves a 40% piece of pie. It's obvious. Justin Jefferson. I mean, to have the game that that guy did, being targeted the last 
two games, shockingly both defeats, uh, nine times and five catches. This time, 11 targets, nine catches, drew a P.I. on a non-catch, but it was a great play because teams are afraid. Um, I contend there were at least a couple, if you go back and look, plays where the intention was to double him, and they told Kirk, throw the ball there. And guess who goes and gets the ball? Because he's that good. Justin Jefferson. So a 40% chunk of pie goes to the guy who I don't care how much teams focus on him, should be a center point of your game plan every single week. 25% to Cousins, 25% to Kendricks, 10% Mike Zimmer. Wow. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Judd and I nearly have the exact same pie chart almost down to the, all four players sports and to son. the same percent. You're my sports son. Lit, like we, we had the same pieces of pie we gave out. But just a little bit of different distribution. <laughs> the same. How Judd do on timing there? Let's Judd, yeah. Judd did. Let's hit five twelve. But I but that was running for about twenty sec, fifteen seconds there. As I, was I was under four. As I was calculating your pie. Yeah, you're under. You're under five. Under five. You're under five. Give me credit. You're under five. It's okay. By the way, you can go twenty if it's well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sure. As long as it's not like the third preseason game, you're fine. Okay. Yeah. You know, you guys. I had nine pieces of pie. Okay. <laughs> I was breaking. I was foreshadowing what was to come, and you guys didn't appreciate it. You didn't see see my greatness there. Hey, I'm going to, so my pie chart has five slices. Dex, can you, my last piece of pie, I'm going to mm-hmm. want that, the third down stat that you brought up on Mackie and Judd. Okay. I think, I think you brought that in graphic form about uh, Justin Jefferson targets. Yep, got it. So, but let's, let's start here, okay? Pie chart has. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Five slices, and we're going to give 5% to Dean Spanos, the owner of the Los Angeles Chargers. For uprooting the Chargers from San Diego, where they had a nice quality fan. I'm not going to say a rabid fan base, but a good quality fan base, a front-running fan base. But they would pack that stadium once in a while to watch their team. And it was a, you know, it was a road environment. Well, now, how gracious of Dean Spanos making room for about 15,000 screaming, ravenous Vikings fans, making it feel like a home game. From Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, that the, the <laughs> offense was communicating freely. You know, they could hear the snap count. So Dean Spanos, 5% for moving your team to a stadium and a location where nobody wants to see them except opposing fans. Very helpful yesterday. We even had a drunk fan as the first yeah. caller on Ventline yesterday. Oh, <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was just apologizing for how drunk he was. No. Uh, so that was great. Um, all right, let's get into the other four slices. I took a similar strategy here to slicing my pie as Judd did and that I'm not going to give too much credit for things that should have been done all along. But I am going to give some credit. 5% to Kirk Cousins Hmm. for doing his job yesterday. Throwing the ball to the receivers that give you the best chance at big plays. Jefferson, Thielen. Like in any given game, your quarterback should be looking to get the ball to the best weapons. And, and I think too much is made out of the things around and above Cousins, like, well, the scheme, well, this, well, that. It's like, ultimately, he holds the ball on every single offensive play. He throws the ball 37 times in that game. He gets to decide. If he wants to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson 28 times, he can. Now, some of the pass plays are like designed screens or – like you're specifically designing a play for somebody else. But he can if he wants to target Jefferson 11 times, he can. If he wants to target him five times, he can. If he wants to 
look at two safeties over the top and say to himself, well, that's a little too risky. I'm going to check it down to Conklin. He has the freedom. Like, he dictates largely who gets the ball and who doesn't. So yesterday he did his job. He got the ball to the playmakers. Let's stop putting it all on the scheme and Zimmer and coordinators. Kirk Cousins, 5%. 20% to Mike Zimmer for also doing his job, which is leading the team during the week, not just the defense, but pulling Justin Jefferson aside and saying, hey, we're going to get you the football, man. Now, I don't love the fact that it was a quid pro quo. It was, I'm going to get you the football, but you got to eat your broccoli, son. You got to make sure you clean up your room. It's like, no, dude, just just get him the football. <laughs> exactly. Regardless, either way. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, he also said that he sat down with Kirk Cousins, as they do on Thursdays, to uh, to tell Kirk to be more aggressive. Don't worry about throwing interceptions so much. that. And he said specifically, we can't throw it five yards on second and long or second and 18. So he's urging Cousins, take more risk, get the ball to your playmaker. Is that not the second time that Mike has said that almost exactly regarding his chats with Kirk? I feel like he said that this season a month and a half ago. Yeah, which makes you believe that maybe it's not just the coaches that are pulling the reins back, like that Kirk is just this like risk-taking Favre Mahomes that they're just pulling the reins back on. Yeah. That's not true It's either. a combination. <laughs> there, there's no question. Conservative. Yep, yep, no question. you got a head coach that leans toward conservative, and yep. then you have a quarterback that leans toward avoiding mistakes as opposed to pushing the ball. Yep. Um, but then Zimmer also, like, you know, part of this pie chart of praise for Zimmer is, he schemed up a defense without Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, Michael Pierce, Patrick Peterson. Like, half of his veteran starters were out. And uh, they held the Chargers in check for most of the day. So the fourth down kill shots, like 20% to Mike Zimmer. I'm also giving 20% to a depleted Vikings defense that held the Chargers and Justin Herbert to 4.8 yards per pass and 23 minutes time of possession in that game. They only allowed three points after the opening drive of the third quarter to ice the game. And then 50% to what is one of the best wide receiver tandems in the NFL that no one talks about anymore. Like people should be talking about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as one of the most explosive, dangerous wide receiver combos in the league. Nobody does because they don't get those guys, the ball Mm -hmm. and Declan's going to pop this up on the YouTube channel here. I'll explain it for the podcast audience. So Vikings, this is from Andrew Kramer, one of the founding fathers of the old purple podcast, uh, star Tribune. Vikings targeting Jefferson on third down five times in that game. Only one failure. So four times they either converted a first down or got the defensive pass interference. So how about this? So third and eight incomplete third and 15, an 18-yard completion for a first down. Third and 10, defensive pass interference. Third and 5, a 12-yard completion for a first down. And then third and 6, a 27-yard completion for a first down. Uh, It's funny when you swap out short passes short of the sticks to your backup running backs, tight ends, your third and fourth wide receivers, and swap those out for Justin Jefferson, they magically turn into big chunk gains. And you score a bunch more points. It's Eureka! So, uh, so there. Is. So five percent to Dean Spanos for creating a great home field environment for the Vikings yesterday. Five percent Kirk Cousins for doing his job. Twenty percent to Mike Zimmer for doing his job. Twenty percent to a depleted Vikings defense, and fifty percent to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. The Rock knows how you feel about your that. job. Do 
your job. All six. right, six minutes. Six minutes six is minutes. good. Yeah, perfect. Minutes. All right, yeah, like I said, I, I, me and Judd did not we, we did not collaborate on this pie chart, but clearly uh, both Chef Zolgad and his, and his sports son Chef, uh, Chef Dex here had a, had a great great idea for, for, a, for a pie chart of praise. <laughs> I'll start at the bottom, same with, uh, same with Judd. 10% to Mike Zimmer for learning how to adapt and coming up with a great game plan to slow down Justin Herbert, who has become a very good quarterback. I'm wearing the egg on my face. I didn't buy his rookie start uh, uh, being all that special. No, the dude's a damn good quarterback. And yesterday you held him in check. It was one of his worst performances so far in his young career. He deserves a ton of credit for that. That defense was depleted. He still figured out ways uh, to, to slow him down. I think what's also frustrating is last year when they lost Neil Hunter, I still had trust that the Vikings defense were going to be able to overcome that. And they obviously weren't able to because they had Steven Weatherly and other guys on that defensive line who just weren't impactful. But now he is. He, is, he has figured out ways when he loses Neil Hunter, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, Pat P. Uh, the list goes on, basically. Michael Pierce even down that list, too. And he still is able to figure out a way to slow down Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson uh, for a good chunk of the Ravens game of the week before. So 10% to my guy, Mike Zimmer. Uh, 20% to Eric Kendricks. I'll, I'll differ a little bit from Judd. 20% to Eric Kendricks. Always coming up with big-time plays, dude. I mean, it just seems like he just has a knack for this. He had a big sack. He had a big INT. Led the team in tackles. I know PFF didn't love him yesterday, which is still baffling to me, but he always has a knack for coming up with a big prime-time play, man. And he's he's literally turned himself to one of the best linebackers in the league. He, he's not like a, a lock-in to get defensive player of the year, but he deserves boats, man. He's, he's a damn good linebacker. He deserves some praise. 20% to Eric Kendricks. I'll go 30% to Kirk Cousins. Um, Kirk did his job yesterday, and he deserves praise for it. And also, even though Kendricks had a big day, the quarterback's always going to have a more impactful uh, impact on the game. So Kirk ended up, I think, having a pretty damn good game when it's all said and done. He targeted Justin Jefferson a ton on third down. A lot of that also goes maybe to Clint Kubiak, but I thought Kirk was fine yesterday. Um, He did his job. He attacked his two big playmakers in Thielen and Jefferson, got him 11 targets. Jefferson hauled in a bunch of catches. He deserves praise. And then my biggest chunk of pie, 40% to Justin Jefferson, uh, having a wow. big-time performance. 40%, huge chunk yeah, of pie. Yeah, just like me, baby. Ton of Where swagger out so there. I mean, flexing on him, yep. toe-tapping into the sideline. I mean, the dude was all over the place. I love watching Justin Jefferson yes. be Justin Jefferson, man. you got to feel that. He flips the ball to Keenan Allen on the sidelines. Like, I love that. I love what he brings day in and day out, and he deserved to have a big day yesterday. So 40% of my pie to Justin Jefferson. Uh, So to recap, 10% to Mike Zimmer, 30% to Kirk Cousins, and then Eric Kendricks, 20%, uh, Jefferson, 40%. So... Uh, and I also was not timing me on that pie chart. I forgot to hit start. But oh wow! Oh, I, that's very I, I had you at 19 the, minutes there. Right? Turn the shot you clock to, yeah, off. Yeah, 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 I turned. So, I, so I you're going to be the guy who times it until okay, your yeah, time yeah, comes, and yeah. then you're going to turn the shot no, clock off. No, no. Oh, okay, game okay, clock just, malfun- like clock just malfunctioned. I'm going to go self scout. It just malfunctioned. I don't know what happened. Uh huh. That's great. Glad you won the game. Justin Jefferson has now emerged uh, to sixth in yardage among receivers this season. So Cooper Cup is at 1,000. Debo Samuel with the 49ers at 882. Devontae Adams, 864. Tyree Kill, 855. He's played an extra game. Uh, Debo Samuel has played one fewer game, which is amazing. Jamar Chase at 835. There you go. And then Justin Jefferson at 775, mm-hmm. just ahead of Diggs. Just ahead of Diggs. Mm. Uh, yeah, right there, Hold Jamar that, Chase and, and JJ. 
Dude, Jefferson is sixth in yardage despite having the reins pulled back mm-hmm. this yeah. season. He's like that, half the game. He's it's that nuts. good. Like that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing that drives you crazy. It's like, what could this guy do if you never pulled the reins back? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are gonna say, Well, what do you want? He's sixth in yardage. Like, how much more but like Watch the games. You know, right, the exactly. last two games before this, you know, he he could probably have a thousand yards right now, and not in a way that takes away from the rest of the offense, in a way that adds to it. Swap out some of these other non-Justin Jefferson targets or runs for yeah. for targets he, to your best weapon. He yeah. is, I think, without a doubt, it's not even close. He is your best receiver. But like it used to be. Thielen and Diggs are great, right? And we'd go back and forth. And I always thought Diggs was better, but, you know, not substantially. Now, like that depth chart is no, like, it's a duo. Yes, it's a duo, but Jefferson is 1A, B, and C. And and that doesn't mean that the rest of the, the receivers, starting with, with Thielen, can't play an absolutely very important role. But Justin Jefferson's that good. He's special. Like, he is yeah. just flat-out special. Dude, I just one thing to add here, too, is... I keep going back to the final offensive sequence compared to what everyone thought the Vikings would do. You know, third yeah. and 20, and they're trying to milk clock, but they also don't want to give the ball back because, you know, Justin uh, Justin Herbert leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks. It's a, it's, a, it's a good sort of crisis offense the Chargers have. They're good on third down. They're good late in games. And third and 20, before that ball was snapped, if you would have asked me, all right, give me like five or ten things that could happen here, I would have said, all right, uh, well, handoff, straight handoff is probably number one. Draw play is probably number two. Yeah, draw play would be good. Yeah. Some sort of like, you know, scripted, you know, short screen? pass, like a, like a screen. Like a screen, that's what I thought. To a do. running back or my... a screen to a Conklin. My guess. You know, and then, you know, option five would or have ham. been like a short pass. Yeah, ham. Just a short pass. Five or six yards to one of these guys. 18-yard dart over the middle to Adam Thielen yes. was not in my top five. No. Hell no. Not at all. No. And and I think, um, I think like, that play should send a message to the entire locker room. Hey, we're we don't care if he throws a pick on that play. We mm-hmm. trust our defense. That's the myth. Of, that's that's the thing that Mike Zimmer gets wrong about the trusting his defense thing. Ordinarily, he would third and twenty. Okay, let's just pack it in here. Let's trust. Let's punt it away and let's trust the defense to win this game. No, if you have full trust in your defense, it allows you to be more aggressive offensively. Because if you first of all, if you're aggressive and it works, now you build a bigger lead and your defense can pin its ears back, so to speak, to use a football. I term. love football. that cliche. That's a great, great turn. If you don't convert or you throw an interception, that's okay because you trust your defense. Right. They'll make the stop anyways. He does. And so for them to get the fourth down and two and to go for it, like, God, that is aggressiveness wins in the NFL. Sometimes it'll bite you, but more often than not, applying that level of aggressiveness to your opponent is going to be good for you. And I hope they figure that out yesterday. He doesn't trust them. He's trying to protect them. Like that's that's why you punt and then lose because you're you're like well if they start at the you know if my guy can can get that punt to go out of bounds at the two and they start the two they can't you know it's not trusting it's protecting but I'm with you go for it go for it go and for it. and the thing I really like too is the Chargers went into that game third in pass defense and last against the run so there had to be a temptation to try and run. And he still passed. You mean on third, on, what, on third and 20, you're saying? Yes. 
Yes, because they ordinarily do run. Or but he but they wouldn't have run on third and twenty because the Chargers were bad stopping the run. They would have run on third and twenty because they were scared to sure. Do but, something but a combination too of saying we might break it. You never know. Yes, it was refreshing to see as a fan of football. It was refreshing to see something that made sense. Yep. So, all right, uh, let's let's also transition here. So, when the Vikings win, we give you the pie chart of praise, but we also the balance it out. How you feel about pie? We'll get you nitpicks in a second. But Surly Judd must be furious. Mm, 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 mm. Is this your post game preach? As yes. I'm calling it? Yes. 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 So. So. Yes. Brought to you by our friends Surly Brewing. Um, I, I was actually for birthday 52 Saturday, sipping on a couple of uh, furious IPAs, watching college football. It was delicious. This is the postgame preach. <clears throat> and again, I read from Surly. You must be furious. Postgame preach. I could ask where Sunday's performance has been. I could say we told you so and that to ignore the aerial attack is to ignore the potential for the delicious taste of a Surly after a win. But I won't. Instead, the postgame preach, a.k.a. the Surly Sermon, is here to teach. And I only hope that Philip John Fleck spent Sunday watching the Vikings do what his gophers did not. This is put on a clinic, and I will now speak in Flecconian, a clinic in OAF, Opportunistic Aggressive Football. The field of life does not present a lot of chances, but it did for the gophers against the Hawkeyes, and instead of embracing opportunity, they backed down from it. The Vikings on Sunday did the opposite. It's the difference between wins and losses. Embracing OAF is a decision one must make, and until Philip John realizes this, no amount of contract extensions will fulfill him. That's your post-game preach, a.k.a. Wow. the Surly Sermon. This guy right here. This guy right here. Kudos to the Vikings. Hopefully, Philip John Fleck learned from it. Junior. Yeah. I don't think Philip John Fleck... I think Philip John Fleck loves himself some Philip John Fleck and doesn't mm. do a whole lot of. No, this is why we're here. Observation of what other coaches are we not the therapists not in this town? I yes, I don't draw the line of fans. I don't draw the line of fans. I'll help coaches. I'll help players. Anybody who needs me, I'm there. Yeah. That's my job. No, I I agree. I think if you're PJ Fleck, you, you, you it doesn't mean you have to be like not conservative. You can still be kind of conservative. <laughs> but I saw a note too, just real quick on that the the Gophers thing that they run the ball 68% yes. of snaps, and the only three teams in all of college football that run the ball more are the three military academies, Correct. like Army, Navy, and Air Force. Yes. That run, like, 1950s offenses. Triple option, the, right? Stuff yeah, like that? triple option and the whatever. I saw that. It's yeah. like, all right, that's great. That's the company. Then they do that because they have to, because they can't get the five-star recruits, right? So, anyways, all right, let's go around here. Nitpicks, things that didn't sit quite right, or it could be things from the game or things from the broadcast. Let's start with Declan, and we'll go around the room here a couple times. So my nitpick here, it's it's kind of tricky because I love that Thielen and Jefferson got involved heavily. Obviously, Jefferson uh, being the focal point of the offense, but it feels like, like, where the hell has K.J. Osborne been? And there was a few plays in the first half where, and, and this is where it's tough not being at the stadium or not seeing like the overhead viewer. He, it looked like he had Osborne wide open or single coverage or a chance to really dagger it to him. And for whatever reason, he neglected to throw to KJ. And and Osborne's been, honestly, we talked about Jefferson going to him on third down. Osborne's kind of been their, their safety blanket on third down this year. He's gotten a lot of big time first downs. But it felt like yesterday, like KJ Osborne was an afterthought. And, and there was moments where you could have had him wide open 
and they neglected to throw it to him. So my, my nitpick is get K.J. Osborne, make it three deep. I want, I want three deep. I don't want just Jefferson and Thielen. You want to get greedy. Yeah. I want, I want, I want three deep. Okay? Three deep. Greedy and gritty. Yeah. I think I'm 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 kind of there too. I mean I'm I'm not going to complain too much. It is nitpick, so we're you know this is uh, we're just doing a little bit of a deeper dive. I'm good with the targets to Jefferson and Thielen, but yeah, like maybe more than one to KJ Osborne. Get that guy a couple passes. Um, all right, my my main we can do more than one nitpick too if you guys want because I actually have a couple. But my my main one is the end of the first half, both offensively and defensively, continues to be such a struggle for this team. So they've now given up over 50 points in the last two minutes of the first half this season. Like one little two-minute sliver of yeah, a 60-minute game, out. and they've given up 50 points or whatever it is yep. so far this season. It's so bad, and it happened again. They gave up, was it, um, let's see, they gave up a touchdown, right? With like, what was it? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the uh, Baltimore it scored a touchdown. Yep, Baltimore did, and so it's it's the most points given up in the last two minutes of the first half of any yeah. team in the NFL. But on the other side, they wind up getting the ball back with a minute thirty left in the second quarter. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's what happened. The, yep. the Chargers scored a touchdown, and the Vikings called timeout a time or two on that drive to sort of preserve right, get the ball back. So minute thirty left, they got the ball back. They're starting at the whatever the twenty-five yard line, and they so they've they've preserved clock on purpose to run a drive to score points, and they come out of the gate with a handoff that loses three yards, and, yeah. and runs. Yes. Well, it was gonna it was gonna run a bunch of time off the clock, but then the Chargers called timeout because they're like, oh, we can get the ball back now. So I don't know, just like running the ball there, even if you get five yards, what are you gonna you're gonna run thirty seconds off the clock? What are you doing? Right. Run a play that can get out of bounds or, or get further down the field. So their, their inability to figure out the last couple minutes of both offensively and defensively, the first half is sort of infuriating. Agree completely. Yeah. I, I'm going to actually go outside the game itself and go to the broadcast booth. Um, I did not get to hear Mark Sanchez. I think he did um, analysis on the game against the Lions here because yeah. I was at the game. But I did yesterday and – during the Lions game, Twitter was aflame with complaints, and I was like, what's wrong? I know now. Mark Sanchez says a lot and tells you nothing. Mark, San- Mark Sanchez tells you nothing. Like, he's got this this sort of bad Madden act where he's like, I love C.J. Ham. I love the fullbacks. I played fullback as a kid. Amir Abdullah. But, yes. He said, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> Um, but he does, but what does he tell you? Like, what's the insight? He'll say stuff like, that's a typical Cousins throw. He can make that throw all day. He's one of the he best. He thinks Cousins is literally like a first ballot Hall of Famer, which when you compare him to Mark Sanchez, he probably is. Yeah, but his work in the booth is very akin to his his play on the field. Mm-hmm. It's just hollow. It's complete. Yeah. Like, I got done with that game, and I'm like, I learned nothing about football. This entire game, you played you played quarterback, and you told me nothing and basically tried to spout, like, the company line of cliches from both teams. And I get that this is, like, Fox's fifth or sixth team. You know, like, the, like the bottom teams are, like, Chris Myers and Moose, and this is, like, one of the bottom teams. But is this... Is this about as low on the quarterback totem pole as 
Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN have gone. Like Brian Greasy is on Monday Night Football. Yeah. That's pretty low. Did huh. Brian Greasy have a better career than Mark Sanchez, though? I feel like he did. Mark Sanchez was so bad. Yeah, Mark Sanchez was a name who washed out. But, I mean, the thing that I didn't get was give me some insights on Cousins. Well, he doesn't. Herbert. Like, Like, tell me. But, like, what are you seeing? Dan Dan Orlovsky is a wonderful analyst. Yes, he he is. He sees all the angles. And he's most known for running out of the – Yes. Orlovsky and Sanchez. Now, Sanchez was a first-round pick. Orlovsky was never highly touted. But Orlovsky is – like, they're both known for these famous, like – blooper highlight reels, butt fumble for Sanchez yep. and Orlovsky through the back of the end zone. Orlovsky, you can tell, does so much homework and brings so much insight. He's entertaining and opinionated. It kind of feels like Mark Sanchez does about 15 minutes of homework yeah. and just kind of rolls in. And I'm just going to be Mark Sanchez, which is kind of how his NFL career. <laughs> That's felt what I'm like saying. Too. It's hollow. <laughs> like, like what's the there there? And, and he doesn't, he clearly doesn't want to say what he sees. So instead of instead of like breaking down the bad at times, because there's always going, it, it's a football game. There's going to be bad. He just is like, well, that's a tough play. Okay, dude, I know that's a tough play. What went wrong? Tell me what went wrong. Tell me it's something. Tell me anything. You played quarterback, and instead he's like, I love fullbacks. What? Like, let's get. Can we get Philip Rivers in one of these slots? That'd be great. Let's, let's, I don't know that we he need might Mar- be good Mark Sanchez on, a, on college football. Okay, he might be good on. On in a Manning like uh, couch situation, just let Rivers Phil go. Tired. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, not Sanchez. Yeah, if you just let him go, he'd, he'd be he'd be good because he'd ramble and it would How actually. Rivers at home with his fourteen kids just watching football, trying to take care of them all at the same time. He's like take his like and stuff. Um, I think just like we'll get to a, a million other things this week, and it's Vikings Packers week. Alex Boone's going to join tomorrow. So we've there's so much more this week, but just real quick before we put a wrap on this episode, um, well, let's have Judd talk about how he's lost 20 pounds, and then I have a I have a thought to run by you here. But Judd, go okay. ahead, talk about your weight loss success here. All right, th- thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, I'm actually down from 240 to around 217 pounds, 20 plus pounds, and now here's Boom. the best part. It's time for their Season to Believe Friends and Family event. Join now and save 40% off your plan. That's right. Join now and save 40% off your plan. Here's the best part. Feel good by January 1. So, like, you're starting to feel good. Instead of saying, man, I feel really lethargic and I ate too much, you will you will feel good. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or, or go to Livia.com. That's Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Give them a call today. Tell them Score North. And Judd told you to get on the plan and do what I'm doing, which is by the time January 1 arrives, I'm going to feel darn good about how I look, and my clothes will all fit. Love it. Love it. Also, hey, business owners out there, Federated is here to help you with risk management. They can help protect your bottom line, help protect your employees. Um, Find out more about all the tools and resources that they provide all the great people, you know, also think about, you know, if you, if you have a business that could be impacted by winter weather in some way, Federated's here with materials for you, federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So the biggest question coming out of this win against the chargers is going to be, did the Vikings offensively find a new formula here, which isn't revolutionary. It's get the ball to your 
most threatening weapons. Did they find a new formula they're going to stick to? And who was the driving force behind the new formula? Because I give Zimmer credit. Judd seems to be giving Zimmer less credit. I'm just curious to see how this all plays out Mm -hmm. going forward. Has Zim turned into a new man here? And he's because he talked about throwing the ball down the field in the preseason, too. You know, he made a couple comments during preseason games. Let's drive the ball down the field. Yep. So this is, I give him credit because this has been something he's wanted to see all season. Now, why it hasn't happened more often, you know, it's happened in some games, but why it hasn't happened more often is an indictment on Cousins, Kubiak, Zimmer. So your level of confidence that they did turn a corner here, that they are finally going to just be more aggressive. And then do you think it's Mike Zimmer driving at all? I know Judd thinks it's like, some, I think something like, happened behind the some scenes. Some wilf, like a dark sort of you know alley, no. and one of the wilfs found Mike Zimmer. And I think the players said, "What are you doing? Like you're you're being crazy here." And and look, if Mike truly meant what he said in the summertime, they would have been throwing the ball down the field from week one through week ten. Like he's the coach. If if he goes to Kirk and says, "I need you to take chances, Kirk," um, and then Kirk does not, that's insubordination on Kirk's part. So like this is a how we got to where we got to through the Baltimore game is on a lot of people. Now, somebody, and Mike is certainly involved. I'm not dismissing this, but somebody definitely stepped in or or multiple people and said, you're being nuts. But anyway, my confidence is fairly high because this, I think Mike's gone. But if he wants to save his job or have an outside shot, the only way to do it, clearly, is to play the way that you played on Sunday because that's how you can win close games and occasionally probably blow out teams. So my confidence is my confidence is fairly high that they're going to stick with this formula. I guess the one thing I need to see and we didn't see on Sunday is what happens the first time that Kirk tries to hit Jefferson and it gets picked. Because it shouldn't matter one bit. Like that should be a like too bad. I don't know I trust the participants involved beyond Jefferson, though, to say that. So that's my one question. What happens when it goes sideways? It inevitably will at times, but you just have to continue to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Here's a, I'll give you an early nerd stat of the week here, too, from PFF. Get those, Get those nerds! nerds. Nerd! Nerd! So the Vikings actually had one of their most play-action-heavy games of the season. They had 11 play-action dropbacks. One of them resulted in a sack, so they had 10 attempts. So 10 play-action attempts, 24 yards passing. That's it. Mm -hmm. They were 6 of 10 for 24 yards and a touchdown. One of them was a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I think they ran a play-action on one of those Conklin touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So they only averaged 2.4 yards per attempt. Again, some of that might be skewed. They they ran some play-action in the red zone area where you're just not going to get as many yards. Right. When they weren't running play-action... 70% 70% completions, 270 yards, 10 yards per attempt, touchdown, no picks. So it it used to be that play action was amazing, no play action was fine, and this season they've just been good when they've thrown the ball in most situations. Now, pressure versus no pressure is the biggest discrepancy for the Vikings. Um, and they, let's see here, yesterday they were pressured, Cousins was pressured actually on 42% of dropbacks, which is quite a bit. Uh, but when he's when he's not pressured, he's just excellent this season. Right. So I guess there's just some interesting trends here, but however it needs to work out, just keep finding Justin Jefferson. Yes. And Kirk, and the key is when Kirk is pressured, 
he needs to still trust his arm to deliver the football. That's the thing. Unless he's being stupid and and irresponsible and he's going to get sacked and fumbled, if he can deliver the ball, that's the thing that Kirk has. Trust your arm, man. Your arm's really good. Like, you've got that skill. Yeah, you can make all the throws. And, yeah. and so that's, that's the thing that drives you crazy because at times he gets so risk-adverse that he doesn't make the throw, and, and he can make the throw, and most importantly, he's got guys that can catch the ball. Yep. So if you missed Ventline yesterday, it was very festive, 90 minutes of just people waiting. They've been waiting a month to celebrate something here. And this this is a fork in the road here because if you lose to the Packers, then, okay, now you're just back to four and six. There's some winnable games after that. But if you beat the Packers and you're feeding Jefferson and it kind of looks the same as it did the in defense, the second too. half against the Chargers and the defense even without some of its top yep. players, I mean, it's it makes things really interesting if you get back to 500 and beat the Packers here. So. All right, that's a wrap for today. Tomorrow, Alex Boone will get Realistic Randy on tomorrow night for a little Purple After Dark. I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, our executive producer, Daily Vikings Entertainment here. Thanks for hanging out with us on Purple Daily.